Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Friday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Very special episode. We are here live at Circa for day two of the first round of the tournament. Uh, the free viewing party on the third level of Circa. And because we are in Las Vegas, I had to be joined by my good friend, my brother from another mother, Joe Arrigo. Joe, how are you? I'm great, Arash. Thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. Listen, I thought of you yesterday because I, normally Joe knows when things are going to happen before they happen. He was one of the first guys to say this talk of the Raiders moving to Las Vegas is not just talk. They're not just trying to build a new stadium. They are coming here. You are uh, like kind of in the know with the Packers and the Raiders. Take me through yesterday. That was a blockbuster trade in the National Football League. Absolutely. What ended up happening, I actually was on the phone with TQ, who's a business partner of mine and huge Raider fan. And I get a call from an agent and he's like, Adams to the Raiders. And I literally, my heart sank because I'm a Packer fan, full disclosure. And I was like, no way, this is not happening. And I got another text with the dollar amount. And I was like, wow. this is ridiculous. Yeah. And I had to tell him and I, I got ribbed a little bit for it. But you know what? Great for the Raiders. And what I like about the move is with John Gruden, there's a lot, it was really chaotic. There's a yeah. lot of chaos. You didn't know one way or another what was going to happen minute to minute in the building. Yeah. These, this Raiders group now is moving in silence. And it's almost like everything that Ziegler is doing is very calculated, yeah. very specific type of players, how they're wired, how they work. And anytime you get the best receiver in the game, and he's, he's the highest paid non-quarterback in the game for dollar value, you have to love it for him. Here's the thing. I mean, normally if a team makes a trade for a player like that, first team, um, all pro wide receiver, probably the best wide receiver in the game right now, this is good on paper. But then you add to it, most people knew about it at the time, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams are best friends. They played at Fresno State. Um, I mean, they've actually been talking since last year about, hey, maybe one day like we'd love to play together. Touch on that connection, too, because it's one thing normally, for example, when Matthew Stafford got traded to the Rams last year, you know, how long is that connection with Cooper Cup? It didn't take long. That connection is already there. Right. The thing I like about this is that connection. Uh, Devontae has, you know, he actually, Green Bay matched dollar for dollar what he wanted to, what he wanted. And he chose to come to the Raiders. And that's because of that connection with Derek Carr. I think this is interesting. It's going to put more pressure on Carr. Because at this point, do you really want to extend him? Or do you want him to wait a year to see what he actually has? Because you have so much money invested in Adams. But when you have that connection already in place with that offense, now you have Darren Waller, you have Devontae Adams with uh, Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. Don't forget Edwards on the outside as well. The Raiders' offense is ready to go skill position-wise. There's no more excuses for Derek Carr. You know, it's always he doesn't have enough weapons. This is actually the time now where he has the most weapons in his career, and it's time for him to go out there and show that he can be a top-tier quarterback. And it's also time for Devontae Adams to show he can do something without Aaron Rodgers because he's had Brett Hundley where he caught for nearly 1,000 yards, but then when he had other quarterbacks, like last year with Jordan Love, he wasn't as effective as he was. In fact, I think he had like three, three or four catches against Kansas City. That's not what you expect of the best receiver in the game. This was also like a commitment to Carr, and you just touched on that because this is – Listen, I think Devontae's 
fi- fantastic regardless of the quarterback. But this was Carr's guy. This was his best friend. I think uh, Devontae, correct me if I'm wrong, like had a- already bought a house near him in Vegas where they were going to train in the offseason. He was supposed to go back to Green Bay. Obviously, he doesn't have to go far now. A commitment to Carr. To touch on the commitment of Carr, but also this West, this um, AFC West, when you look at uh, uh, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback, but he's clearly number four. And look at that. I mean, that division is stacked right now. Absolutely. And that begs the question, do you want to give Derek Carr $40 million being the fourth-best quarterback in that division? Yeah. You know, that, that's the thing that like, I think Raider fans and the Raiders are asking themselves until they made this move. Now that they did, let's see what you have. And they probably will give it to him. Probably got sure. a four-year deal at 40, you know, giving 160, whatever. But, you know, with the West, the Chargers defense, they got the best defense in the West. I mean, yeah. they got bookend pass rushers. Their secondary is really good. Linebackers across the board. You look at Denver and what they've done. They've had booking pass rushers. They have they have a secondary now, and it's a young secondary now with Russell Wilson coming to town. And then you go to Kansas City, and that defense has improved, but you lose the Honey Badger. They choked in the playoffs, if we're going to be honest. I yeah. mean, you, you scored three points in the second half. The Raiders, what they've done now is it's win-now mode. And it's something that a week ago, if you would have asked me this, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, it was one of those like, all right, well, we'll see what they can do. Now it's like they're a legit Super Bowl contender. Yeah. You, you know, you – how do you match up on with Adams? You know, you're gonna have now, now that leaves Waller one on one. And now when you go in third down, you got Adams, Waller, and Renfro, and that's Renfro one on one. You can't bracket anybody. And then if you get Edwards going on the other side, like Edwards could be like a James Jones in, in the way that was ran before, where he's a possession guy, a big guy. The Raiders have a lot of pieces that right there that make that make a lot of sense for what McDaniels wants to do on offense. Yeah. And again, credit credit how they're building the team. Mark yeah. Davis, credit Mark Davis. Yeah. I mean Got seven hundred fifty million from the people in Las Vegas. <laughs> turns around and and gets out the. I mean, uh, on, gets out the Gruden contract. You know, which yeah. I mean, the NFL kind of forced that. But then you then you get Josh McDaniels, and now you get Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. I mean, that's a great job right there by you. Know, the Chandler Jones deal, just because like I was watching the lo- the local news. And the Chandler Jones deal is a really big deal, but it kind of got dwarfed with like the Devontae Adams deals happened. Um. This is what you touched on was was big because in Los Angeles, for example, a city that you know very well, you have to be in that win now mode. You really can't wait. Like, I really respect the Chargers. I think they saw, shoot, the Rams just won a Super Bowl. Like we got to go get Khalil Mack. We got to compete. I thought it's smart to do that in Vegas. It's different sports towns, but Joe, like you cannot put out a below five hundred product in Las Vegas, and when you want to compete again, it's competition for the eyeballs. It's the entertainment dollar, uh, you have to put on a, a product. Now, I know it's easier said than done, but this move right here is massive, and it shows Las Vegas, not just Las Vegas, Los Angeles. Again, I kind of view like Los Angeles having three pro football teams, right? Uh, you have to show that you are committed and you are competing. Well, you know, the Chargers have the cheat code. That's a quarterback. That's the quarterback with a rookie contract. So right. They're going in right now. That's the cheat code for all NFL teams right now. And on top of that, you go to Vegas now. The Golden Knights did a great job of taking advantage of one October with the, the tragic yeah. shooting. They marketed it, and you cannot blame them for that. And they've done a great job galvanizing the city. That took away any honeymoon factor from the Raiders when they first got here. They had to win because the Golden Knights had instant success, right? Yeah. So now the Golden Knights won their first game in five games last night as we record this. Yeah. So they're, they're one, in, one in five in their last six games. Yeah. They haven't looked good. The attendance is down a little bit. And they have a bunch of injuries. There's no guarantee they're going to be a playoff team. 
The Raiders went to the playoffs last year. The pressure's on the Golden Knights. Now they're like, oh, and then the Ra the Raiders just said, forget a honeymoon period. We're coming right back in this thing, and, and, and we're going to go for a Super Bowl. Because, you know, you were here a lot last year. And at games, it's the hottest ticket in town. Allegiant Stadium is a gorgeous stadium. It's 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 right when you get into town, you just you see it right across from the Luxor. It looks great. Yeah. Everybody's there on a Sunday, and really, I don't want to say the city shuts down because it doesn't. It's Vegas, but almost everybody's in the area of Allegiant Stadium because they want to be a part of the Raider culture and at the stadium. The Raiders did again. Mark Davis, Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, they really did a job. Said, okay, literally, Mark threw his you know, take a Vegas pump, put all his chips in. So we're all in this year. The next couple of years. We want the Super Bowls being hosted here in two years. Yeah, we want to be a part of it, and we want to go to Arizona next year. That's a great point. I mean, it just just Vegas as a sports town is amazing. This Joe, I've been mean, having lived here. This was always my favorite weekend to come to Las Vegas. It's also great when you can match up St. Patrick's Day with the first Thursday of the first round. Uh, surreal, Joe. Two years ago, the entire city got shut down. Stay at home order on St. Patrick's Day, where you're supposed to have. A tournament. It was still surreal to like look at the pictures and the video of the strip. Like nobody's there, no cars. Talk about how the city's coming back from it. It's so great to see it packed. We're here at the Circus Sportsbook third level uh, viewing party. This is packed. You go down to the sportsbook. That's packed. Stadium swim. That's packed. Uh, how the city has recovered. You know what? I, I, we were talking about this last night when I went to the Golden Knights game with a close friend, yeah. and it felt like the first time the city was back last night. I it was packed. Everybody was around. They're having a good time. People are interacting. We're not behind a, a, a computer or a laptop on Zoom or wearing masks. You know, it, it just feels like the city and, and there's some normalcy. And we needed this in Las Vegas because yeah. this is that city, as you know, being here so often. This is the city where we get out and we're movers and shakers. And we want to be out. And, you know, I, was, I did a show on Circus Swim last week. Okay. And it was great. I mean, to see it and people were out there having a good time. This is the best weekend in, 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 I'm, you can argue say it's the best weekend in sports. I mean, you you and I have hung out during this weekend in the past together, yeah. and it's a ball. It's a blast. To be in Vegas, there's no better place to watch an NCAA tournament going off in the March Madness opening weekend. They have St. Patrick's Day here. The bars were crazy yeah. last night. You walk into one bar and you see one radio host. You go into another <laughs> one, you see a TV host, and you're like, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. It, it's St. Patrick's Day. We're having a good time. And it's like, yeah. this is really cool. So, I mean... We needed this for the city. I mean, and then, you know, obviously to generate money for, you know, the economy's kind of bouncing back here, but we really needed this for the city because it's been a tough two years. And, you know, 2020 did a number on everybody. And and in a way, man, thankfully we had sports because that kind of got us, that was our, our getaway. And there's no better sports town when things are up and running than Las Vegas because we can get on, we can hit everything, we can touch on everything. And we just have a good time with it. And I'm from Southern California, like, you know, so, so like to say that it's like, this is, being up here really opened my eyes because there's so many different people from all across the world, yeah. walks of life that are into different sports. And it's just like, this is really cool. Like you see different perspectives and like here being at Circa and, and if we see a close game, we see the people erupt here. Yeah. And, you know, with, if they got money on it one way or another, it, it's the best thing you can sit and watch in the world. So you started your own media company, Franchise Sports Media. And again, like a few years ago in Las Vegas, like you, you would thought like, wait, Sports in Las Vegas, they get the Golden Knights, they get the WNBA team, they get the National Football League. There's obviously talks, and we could touch on it now, about maybe the Oakland A's, maybe the NBA. Uh, first, talk about your company, but also sports in Vegas. Again, you know, when they got one team, that that was one thing. I really do believe by the end of the decade, 
they will have a team in every major league. You know, I agree with that. Like, we started the company, honestly, it was, I got a call, and it was right when I was about to break the Raiders coming here story, yeah. you know, and I called uh, recording artist TQ, who's my best friend, yeah. and I was, I told him, and he was like, wait, what? And we talked about it, and we started doing some research, and we just felt that this is the entertainment capital of the world, and we wanted a company to reflect that. We yeah. wanted a company to reflect us coming from L.A. in this city, and he's been here over 20 years okay, now. Wow. So it's like, let, let's let's get a company that reflects L.A., entertainment, and sports, and really come at it from a, a positive perspective. Because there's so much negativity, sure. so you want to put something in a positive light. So that's how we started it. And, you know, honestly, it blew up. I mean, faster than we had, we had hoped. I mean, so in some ways it's slower, in other ways that we're like, in over our head almost, it yeah, seems like yeah. it's like, you know, we work 20, 19, 20 hours a day. We're getting four hours sleep, and it's like, like you get up, you're like, oh, my eyes. Yeah. I, I just went to bed, and this happened. Yeah. Last night's a great example of that. But to, to, to get in, and, and we did, the research showed that all the different sport, sporting uh, leagues were going to come here, you know, with the NFL coming, NHL was already on its way. I mean, the A's just bought their fifth parcel yeah. of land to put a bid on it, you know, and, and there's a hiccup at the Howard Terminal site now. So, I think the writings on all they want to come. It's just whether or not MLB and, and the city of Oakland can really get it together and work together to get a, a deal done there. And I, I think the NBA is going to come. Now, whether it's the New Orleans Pelicans with a relocation or whether it's an expansion team with Seattle and then they do some realignment with, within yeah. the NBA. And I think it's the NBA town. It is. You know, it's a basketball town. When the running Rebels are going, that's like – that's like the Lakers going in L.A., yeah. you know. It's like, you know, in, in the pantheon of sports in Vegas is the running Rebels, and now you'll have the Golden Knights and the Raiders, not necessarily in that order. And I think it's going to be the same thing, you know, like it's like L.A. when you have the Lakers, Dodgers, and USC football. Yeah. You know, those are the three the hot tickets no matter what. And now if, you, if, 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 if the NBA comes like we, we think it's going yeah. to, UNLV starts, you know, Kevin Kruger was really close again to the tournament this yeah. year with UNLV. Those programs get going. The Raiders are obviously a team that was in the playoffs and are contending. The Golden Knights, historically now, since they've been here, have been a playoff team. This city likes winners, yeah. and the city's going to show up. And, and it's great to watch the city boom. And I, uh, I, was, I read an article the other day. I forget who it was. I say, but Las Vegas was the entertainment capital of the world. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's slowly becoming the sports capital of the world now. You know, the amazing thing, Joe, is that you touched on it, but like we've, like I've always said, if you can't go to a sporting event live, the next best place to be is Vegas. I will tell you, when it comes to the first and second round of the tournament, this is the best place to be. You know, because I've covered some of those regionals, whether it's in the San Diego or Portland or whatever, and you could be at a really bad game. There's just way too many games happening, so Vegas is the place to be. They've often said, Joe, that they would never bid to host a first and second round. They'll host a regional or they want to host the final four, but the first and second round, this is just like the perfect place to be. That was the case for the Super Bowl. And I cannot even imagine, when you talk about Vegas being the sports capital of the world, what Las Vegas will be like hosting the Super Bowl. All those parties, all those events, all the, oh, all, all that stuff happening right on the Las Vegas Strip. I, I'm, I can't wait. I, I'm going to be honest because I can just go home. Yeah. Like, I, I, can, I can just go home. I don't have to stay at a hotel or take a long drive. But in the Super Bowl, I mean, I actually think this is the ideal spot, Arash, yeah. for any event, you know, for any, any league because – you have the, the airport that can handle everybody. You have the hotels and the properties. You have everything that you can do in terms of if you want to go out, if you want to go to a club, if you want to go to a day pool, 
you know, whatever it is that's going on. And the weather is always good. I mean, yeah, yeah it gets a little chilly at times, but it's nothing that's like unbearable. It's not no. like you're not, not, not like you're in Green Bay or Milwaukee where <laughs> it's minus six and you're like freezing your tail off. And, you know, you're, and you're right. I think, you know, with the NCAA tournament coming here in a couple of years, that's big. Super Bowl in a couple of years. I mean, the NFL draft is, a, is less than, is about a month away. And that's going to be a, a crazy weekend here. And I hope you're here for that so we can yeah. hang out. And and then also, you know, they had NBA All-Star Weekend here in the past. Yeah. I mean, this this is there's no better place to be for sports in Las Vegas. How much did that All-Star game set them back? Because here's the thing. Like, I think that they were in line to get a pro- professional sports franchise. I actually think if that All-Star Week doesn't happen, they maybe let the Maloofs move the Kings here because the Kings were going to move or they were going to sell them. Um Listen, Vegas can't control what happens off the strip or on the strip. I mean, how much did what happened during that All-Star Weekend set Vegas back to what they've eventually become a professional sports town? You know, I think it played a role. You know, I think it did set them back a little bit. But, you know, I think now that they're now that we've you know gotten to a point in life where now some other people are able to be decision makers in our yeah. country, yeah. that – the minds have been opened a little bit and it's like okay gambling is not taboo yeah. it's regulated and you see it now all throughout the country becoming a regulated thing in all different parts of the country with the states yeah so i think that sent them back at the same time i think it was a good thing because i don't know if the city was ready for it because because the strip was still um it wasn't as fan fr- family friendly as a as it is now yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's something that i talked about with former UNLV coach tony sanchez like he was the first coach in school history to really welcome people and invite them to the strip versus off the strip because it became more fam- family friendly. And he wanted to, to really like promote that side of Vegas because it's not what we see in Casino with Pesci. And, you know, it's, it's nothing like that anymore. It's, it's, you know, it's not the Godfather-esque or anything like that. This is actually, it's, it's, it's really, it's cool. And, you, and then you have, you know, on the other side, you know, I think people are realizing that, this is a market that's untapped with a lot of money. Yeah. And it's a bit and they're businessmen at the end of the day. Yeah. How can you tap into some of the money? I mean, look at MGM's partnering partnered with the Raiders. Caesars has their sports book now. And and they have the different athletes and former people that are on the networks that, that we know and watch. Yeah. We see them on there. And it's like, wow, like they got Holly Berry on a Caesars <laughs> commercial. Like, are you kidding me? This is cool. Like, yeah. And that gets other a whole nother market into it. You know, yeah. women want to come. Oh, well, Holly's doing it. Let me go ahead and do it. So I think that's really cool. I think Vegas is ready for it, you know, and I think I think they're ready. I think the leagues are ready for Vegas finally. Yeah. Uh, here live at the uh, third floor, the uh, Circus Sportsbook, uh, first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Joe, so like this, this show that I do, it's on the Mightier 1090 in Los Angeles. It's on the fan in Las Vegas. I've often felt in, that, that there's a connection between Los Angeles and Vegas. And you're from both towns. In our last couple minutes that, 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 that we have here, Again, whether you're doing the four-hour drive or whether you're doing the 45-minute flight, there's just in, this inherent connection between these two towns. Absolutely. It, it, it's because of the flight. It's because it's a short drive. And, and it, it, gives us, it gives everybody a getaway. I mean, you yeah. come to Vegas and you can really for a weekend get away from everything, get away from your kids, and go back home and be right back to work on Monday you know, or Tuesday if you're smart if you leave Monday like most people should. <laughs> little little hack, life hack right yeah, there for right. Vegas. But – you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, the IE in, in the Coachella Valley is a desert. Yeah. Vegas is a desert. Exactly. The yeah. same type of weather. You're used to it. Um, and for a long time, I mean, we grew up, we grew up, KCAL Channel 9 yeah. 
had West Coast Conference basketball, and that was UNLV and Tark. And you have you have Russ Porter was calling games, even Chick Hearn and, and Tony Cardasco. So you got all these guys calling games. And it's like you listen to him, and then you come here and like, hey, you're Tony Cardasco. Like I listen to you growing up calling games, and now we're hanging out. This is great. And so, you, and there was always that connection to UNLV. I think as as kids, and then here, this is a huge Lakers town. Everybody, yes, Lakers are, and and we're actually the number one Lakers site for Lakers news in Las Vegas. I didn't even know that till recently. So because of that, it, it this makes it a, this a symbiotic and natural relationship, and. I couldn't be happier because I can go home and I can come home. No, it's it's so perfect. And and again, you come here and you turn on the television in the hotel. They got Spectrum Sports Net. They got Bally yeah. Sports. Uh, so you really feel like you're home. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Michael Duarte from KNBC Channel 4 in Los Angeles talking about the Dodgers making a big move, officially signing Freddie Freeman. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 and the fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We are here live on the third floor of the uh, Circa in Las Vegas for the first round of March Madness. And we are now joined, as we are, each and every Friday by Michael Duarte from Channel 4 KNBC. Michael, how are you? Ross, thanks for joining me. I am in Philadelphia <laughs> right now. So you, I'm in the East Coast. You're in Vegas for the tournament. I'll be here for the next round of the tournament if UCLA advances. Okay. Uh, and, and we'll go from there. But thanks for having me on, as always. Of course. Michael, you know, this was a big uh, kind of moment. We were been talking about Freddie Freeman. Can the Dodgers make this happen? Can they bring their fourth most valuable player award winner to the team? Um, and it finally happened. Again, uh, you know, he has a locker now at spring training. Uh, he's he's joining the team. Touch on what this moment means. I mean, I mean, this really, they've, they've had a lot of talented teams, Michael. But there is a feeling that this team that will take the field in 2022 will be their most talented one. Yeah, thanks, Arash, for joining. It's a big deal. And just to quote the great Kendrick Lamar, my left stroke just went viral, right? That's what Freddie <laughs> Freeman and that powerful left-handed swing is talking about right now. You mentioned he has a locker room in the clubhouse next to Cody Bellinger already. You mentioned, or you didn't mention, but I'll mention it. His number, his jersey number with the Dodgers is number five, a number vacated by World Series MVP Corey Seager, who's now with the Texas Rangers. And that's who's bat in the lineup they needed to to replace this offseason. And now they've done that, potentially upgrading with the 2020 MVP of the regular season. Uh, so they had the World Series MVP of 2020, and now they have the regular season MVP from 2020 in Freddie Freeman. And I can tell you another thing, Arash, once the news was announced the other day, uh, Wednesday evening, that clubhouse uh, at Camelback Ranch was humming more than uh, a room outside where soldiers are marching past. That place was buzzing. Everybody was excited in there, including Trey Turner, who tweeted about it, Justin Turner, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger. Everybody's really excited to have a guy like this in the lineup. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why they were so excited. You know, this team has faced the Braves in the playoffs. I'm talking about the Dodgers three separate times over the last five seasons. 
including in that run in 2020 and obviously including in the NLCS, the championship series in 2021, where they lost in six games uh, without Max Muncy or Clayton Kershaw, I might add. But anyway, Freddie Freeman was a nightmare to get out. They believe that they had found a hole in his swing. And if you recall, he struck out, I believe, his first nine at bats of that series and then just went off. He, 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 it's like a cat and mouse game. Everybody's doing counter and counter punches. Freddie Freeman realized what the Dodgers were trying to do when they attacked him pitching. He made an adjustment and beat them the rest of the series, uh, games three, four, and five in LA, and then obviously six uh, in Atlanta. And so the Dodgers realizing they could have that guy in their lineup, a guy that was a nightmare to pitch against and try to stop for the last three playoff runs uh, of the last five years, as I mentioned, when they faced those Braves was good. Now, I will say two things. From the very beginning, before the lockout began, I reached out to sources to try to get a grasp on, on what was going on with Freddie Freeman. Uh, I was told that the Braves were the front runner and that the only way that he would go to the Dodgers is if the Braves weren't going to give him that six year, weren't going to bring him back and pivoted. Uh, it, was, it was reported, I would say during the lockout, that the Braves were able to potentially get a trade for Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics if things fell apart with Freddie Freeman. So, at the end of the day, Freddie Freeman was looking for a six-year deal to finish off his career so he would be taken care of and have that financial security. The Braves only wanted to go five years. They made him a five-year, $140 million offer. He wanted that six-year. Uh, at the end of the day, the Braves pivoted to get Matt Olson, ending that tenure with the Braves abruptly. Uh, Freddie saw what the market had, but I was told from sources there was no way he was going to go to the East Coast. He wasn't going to go to the Yankees. He wasn't going to go to the Red Sox. Uh, he has an off-season home in Los Angeles. He's from Orange County. He grew up an Angels fan, as you and I have talked about. So it was just a matter of could he get the Dodgers to give him that six-year. Using those other teams in the East as leverage eventually got them there. He got his six-year $162 million deal, and now he's a, as a Dodger. And now we have a lineup full of all-stars once again with four former MVPs like they had last season. You know, Michael, so you talked to some of the players and, you know, you, you never want to lose a player that helped you win a championship. You know, so when you lose a Corey Seager, when you lose a Jock Peterson, sometimes players within a team can be upset. Like, hey, well, why did you let that guy go? When you talk about the Dodger franchise effectively replacing those two guys with Trey Turner and for, for and Freddie Freeman, what kind of confidence do these players have that this front office, this ownership group will always surround them with the best talent? Yeah, great question. I think to your point, the guys on the Dodgers who are who have been there for many, many years, we're talking Justin Turner, Max Muncie, Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger. They already know what you just said, right? They've been on the team long enough to know that this team always finds what it needs to compete is willing to make the big move and trade young players and prospects if need be. Sometimes if they think the deal is lopsided and they don't want to give up some prospects they have highly touted, they don't. And they keep those guys like they kept Corey Seager, like they kept uh, Cody Bellinger. You know, These were guys that people wanted traded and they held on to them. And you see why. Gavin Lux is another guy that's in that same category. But let's talk to a new player that addressed exactly what you're saying, Trey Turner. Trey Turner said, you know, in his time with the Washington Nationals, they would be linked to guys. They had a good team. They had a perennial MVP in Bryce Harper. Now they have another one in Juan Soto. But he said it didn't always pan out when you saw the Nationals linked to the big name free agent. It didn't always pan out. And they're in a market there in Washington, D.C. that's not the Dodgers. It's not the Yankees. It's not the Red Sox. So he said, in his case... 
you would have the names linked to these big free agents. You would hear them being able to replace guys they lost with these big superstars. But maybe it would happen once every three or four years. It's like the Olympics, right? Or a presidential election. So in the case of the Dodgers, he said he's now seen firsthand after losing Corey Seager, who most people thought they would lose. That's why they included Trey Turner in that deal for Max Scherzer at the All-Star break, to have a replacement for him if Corey Seager decided to walk for the big money. And that's what he got in a 10-year deal, something the Dodgers don't like doing deals of that length. Obviously, Mookie Betts the exception. So they knew that that would be a possibility that Seager left. They replaced it and addressed that midseason last year with Turner. And as Trey Turner said, to your point, this team has now proven it each and every year. They're willing to go out and get that guy, not just be linked to a name, but maybe you're lucky once every three to four years to actually get a superstar to fill a void or fill a hole or, or make a run for a championship. I'll tell you one thing. Most of my sources I've talked to still believe Trey Turner ends up opting out, becoming a free agent at the end of this year. He's in the final year of his contract. But I will tell you this, as we've talked about this before, winning is contagious. <laughs> Players love winning. This is why we said Aaron Donald probably won't retire because once you reach the top and reach the championship, you want to do it again and again and again. And if and we already know that Clayton Kershaw, and this was one thing that I heard from sources about, even though his heart wanted to stay home in Dallas and be able to take his kids to school and coach their little league teams, which he still might have an opportunity to do in the future, winning was more important to him. And he just saw with even the moves the Rangers made, they're getting closer but they might not be one of the small teams that had a chance to win a Super World Series uh, in 2022. And so that's why he returned to the Dodgers. If Trey Turner wants to win a World Series each and every year, and that's the most important to him, he has a very little legitimate chance of signing an extension and staying with the Dodgers, even if he does become a free agent. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Michael. Trey Turner's extension, I mean, the Dodgers didn't want to do the years with that money with Seager, and there's an injury history with, with Seager. With Trey Turner, he brings a different dynamic with his legs and and this and his really his defense with his power bat too. And he's not hurt as he hasn't been hurt as much as Seager. Do you see the Dodgers, or do you know whether or not they've really started to negotiate with Trey Turner to try to get him locked in long term? Because the last thing they want to do, I would imagine, is to go into next year trying to fill a void at shortstop, the hardest position to play in baseball. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Joe. They believe Gavin Lux can play shortstop if necessary. He proved that when Corey Seager was hurt last year. Uh, they believe Chris Taylor can play shortstop, and they locked him up for, for a while as well. Uh, and they do have a couple guys in the system that, that could potentially fill a void if need be. And as you've seen, they can sign or trade if they need to react on the fly. Um, they don't like giving very big deals, obviously, and Trey Turner, just 28 year years old, will be 29 by the time he's looking for a big contract. I'm assuming he's going to want something in that 10-year range as well, especially. Uh, depends on what Carlos Correa gets, but, you know, if these big – and Trevor Story is also out there. That's a guy that you could see there as well. So there are guys that, that are getting that kind of years and money, and I believe Trey Turner will want something like that. To your point – they did kind of talk about it before the lockout began, potentially an extension. Um, as I said, my sources have told me more than likely, unless you're talking a 10-year extension like Mookie Betts got when he first signed with the Dodgers, which ended up being 12 years. But if you, unless you're in that range, more than likely, Trey Turner is going to be a free agent uh, at the end of the year. And then you're looking to re-sign him as a free agent, if that's the case. There have been no extension talks since the lockout ended. Uh, I can tell you that right now. Trey Turner is open to hearing what they have to say. 
but my gut tells me he'll be a free agent. Uh, I've been told from sources he'd like to prefer to stay on in the South or on the East Coast, uh, similar to why Freddie Freeman wanted to be on the West Coast and be close to home and, and wanted to sign with the Dodgers and took less money to be with the Dodgers. That might be a case that hurts the Dodgers with Trey Turner. He might you know, want more to stay in LA compared to going back where his family is, which is out of Florida in the South and the East. So we'll see. But my gut tells me he's probably gone. But I think the Dodgers believe they have more than enough, to your point, as I mentioned, with Gavin Lux and now with signing Freddie Freeman and play first base for the next six years, you can move Max Muncie to second. And that means you can play Chris Taylor and or Gavin Lux at short if need be. Uh, or you go out and you try to find another superstar at that position as well. All right, here with uh, Michael Duarte from KNBC4 and Joe Arrigo from Franchise Sports Media. We are here live at the uh, Circus Sportsbook, uh, the uh, third floor viewing party, and Michael's joining us on the uh, Circus Sports Guest Hotline. Michael, I don't normally give lock bets. I don't normally make, a, you know, Dodgers over under on wins, 96. They won 106 games last season. If there was not a uh, a, a, a pandemic, they would have won more than 106 in 2020. They won 106 the year before that. I think that's a lock, Joe Rigo and Michael Duarte. Tell me what you th think, Michael. Arash, don't walk. Run to the sports book. I know you're in the sports book right now, so excuse you off this call. If that is still at 96 wins after Freddie Freeman's press conference, which is in a few more hours here on Friday, uh, go take the over on that. I definitely like the over. Uh, I'm surprised it's not higher. I would imagine it will go higher because guess who they just signed on Wednesday and are announcing today in Freddie Freeman, the guy yeah. with the highest war wins above replacement in all of Major League Baseball. So he's good for a handful of wins onto your total right there. And as you said, they probably have a comparable team as they did last year, if not a better lineup with Freddie Freeman in it. They had a lot of injuries last year, so obviously that can derail things. And they still tied the franchise record with 106 wins. So I would probably take the over there. Of course, I'm looking at what's going to happen in the Trevor Bauer situation. Are yeah. they going to go out and get another starting pitcher? I know they, they signed Danny Duffy, a guy they never pitched for them, but they traded for last year. So they have... Um, they have a lot of depth, I guess, now with guys like Andrew Heaney and, and Danny Duffy, but they're missing that frontline ace outside of, you know, Walker Bueller, Julio Arias, Clayton Kershaw that they had last year in the second half of the season with Max Scherzer and in the first half of the season with Trevor Bauer. Uh, I, my gut tells me, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but my gut tells me Trevor Bauer will pitch in a Dodger uniform at some point this year. So if he does... Uh, and you're looking at it straight from the odd standpoint, not from a human standpoint uh, or a moral or ethical standpoint, then I would say he's going to help them win if he's pitching uh, and take the over for sure on that. Michael, that is fascinating. I was just going to bring that up. I was like, you know, do I put Michael on the spot like that? Okay, so he's been suspended or, or, or he's been, um, you know, he's going to be out for one more month. If, and his attorney has been calling everyone, by the way, uh, me included, just, you know, put, put that out there and I, 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 what I think that they're trying to do is just say okay here are the facts he's been cleared or to whatever extent um, at some point in time if he has been cleared legally like just look at what's happening to, to Deshaun Watson right now um, and I think that one's a little bit more complicated but yeah you just touched on it so I really have to like ask you another question I mean what are what are the chances Trevor Bauer returns to the Dodgers and I do think you're right I think he pitches again the question is can he come back to the Dodgers clubhouse how do his Dodgers teammates view him 
according to his attorney, I mean, he's still pretty close with his, with his teammates. So what's your view on the Trevor Bauer situation? Yeah, Ross, press me like a button uh, that <laughs> with and put me on the spot. I have no problem with that being under the thumb like that. And you know what the thing is, is Arash, is since Trevor Bauer, uh, since the news broke that he was, uh, that a restraining order was filed against him, uh, since the news broke of the, the crimes that he was accused of by his victim, um, since all of that happened, I have had no problem talking about it and sharing my opinion. And, and I don't want to toot my own horn because this is not something I'm proud of, but so far, it has unraveled the exact way that I thought. And that's not necessarily a good thing for the Dodgers. It's not necessarily a good thing for me. I just believe that, I, I, as I said to people in the beginning, I believe that based on what was being said and, and what I knew and was made public, that the restraining order that was trying to be lifted uh, or extended in the case of the victim, I didn't believe that she would win that. Um, I didn't believe criminal charges would be filed against the Pasadena Police Department. It's not because I don't think Trevor Bauer committed a crime. It is because when this is a private situation in the bedroom scenario and it's a he said, she said, it's hard to prove it in a court of law, which is all the police really care about when they're doing an investigation is, can we bring charges and put this guy behind bars? And it just, I just didn't think that they had enough to be able to do that unless there was a witness or someone that corroborate what's going on with her. And in this case, unfortunately, it's a he said, she said thing. So I didn't think charges would become, obviously the charges were dropped. I didn't think he would pitch for the Dodgers again last year and he didn't. And then I said, I do think um, once we found out about the criminal charges, which we found out in this off season, that he would come into the season, uh, MLB would do some sort of suspension and then my guess is, is depending on how long the suspension is, he will appeal it. Trevor Bauer believes in his mind he did nothing wrong. Uh, I, I will say this about Trevor Bauer, being culpable, making a public apology, stop fighting people in the media, stop fighting the media, stop attacking the media, stop attacking other people, and show some sort of remorse at all for the situation could go a long way to the fan base uh, of any team in Major League Baseball that could maybe employ you one day uh, beyond just his contract with the Dodgers. Uh, I, I knew he would opt into his contract. There was no way he was going to opt out. He will opt in next year as well because he knows his brand is tainted. And I just didn't see the Dodgers saying goodbye to $80 million yeah. just like that for, for nothing, especially when no criminal charges were filed. They know it's a stain on their franchise. They know it's a blemish on them. They know. And again, if he was in the final year of his contract and he wasn't making 40 something million a year, they probably would cut him and just eat that money. Um, so what I believe is people said that a, a suspension for a year could be possible from MLB based on his history. Well, he doesn't really have a history of suspensions. He has a history of bad behavior. He has a history of, you know, doing things that, that, the, the Major League Baseball doesn't like, the fan base doesn't like, but it's nothing that you could literally go with lawyers if you're Major League Baseball and say, here's a precedent, and based on this precedent, we're going to suspend you for a year. Marcelo Zuna beat up his wife, was, was arrested, and went to jail, and then released, and then the charges were dropped, but he got 30-game suspension for that. That was the suspension levied by Major League Baseball. So Trevor Bauer can look at that and say, I didn't do anything wrong in his mind. There was no criminal charges against me. Nobody had to drop anything. Uh, so maybe he would take a 30-game max, but I don't think he's going to take anything longer. And if baseball tries to levy a suspension anything longer, then he's going to appeal it. 
And I believe at some point, whether it's through appeal or just doing the suspension and serving the suspension, he will uh, be eligible to pitch for the Dodgers again. I don't think they're going to pay him $40 million to not pitch for them when he can help them. They'll try to trade him, but I don't think anyone's going to take on that contract and that black mark. So I think he's going to ultimately end up pitching again. Uh, and it's going to be very awkward, and the fans are not going to be happy. And Trevor Bauer probably loves all of that, to be honest with you, knowing him. I got to ask you quickly, Kenley Jansen, is he back or not? So here's another great, that's a great question, Joe. I think the Freddie Freeman situation had a lot to do with, did they have enough money to sign Kenley Jansen? The, and they're also now looking at, are they going to get some sort of clarity with Trevor Bauer? Uh, and if Trevor Bauer is suspended for a year, they're not going to owe any of that $40 million they owe this year on him. And then that leaves open money for Kenley. But the fact that they're going to pay Freddie Freeman a lot of money to pitch for them for the next six or play for them, excuse me, for the next six years, I think puts them out of the Kenley Jansen sweepstakes for now, depending on the kind of money I would imagine he wants and believes he's worth. Uh, there are teams out there that are interested. I know the Miami Marlins were a team that was interested in Kenley Jansen. The Nationals were previously. They might be interested again. So we'll see. Um, but if, if he sees that his market is lower than he thought, Maybe he does return to the Dodgers on a team-friendly one-year deal, which I think the Dodgers would be open to. Um, but I think he's looking for one final payday for Kenley. And if a team's out there willing to pay it, I think he's going to go elsewhere. Yeah. Well, Michael, you are uh, the best. Uh, thanks for joining us from Philadelphia. By the way, you're probably uh, stressing that UCLA was going to lose that uh, first-round game. So you were – I mean, I think you, you're going to hang out in Philadelphia, enjoy those uh, uh, cheesesteaks. But it did not look good. Uh, we'll see how – USC closes out uh, today's game. But, uh, Michael, I, I will see you when you get back to Los Angeles and I get back to Los Angeles. A lot of exciting stuff, more so with the Dodgers than the other Los Angeles team, the Lakers, uh, that, that you cover. But, Michael, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Arash. Yeah, they're going to have their hands full with St. Mary's as well. So unless exactly. Cal State Fullerton pulls off an upset and beats Duke, I would have no SoCal team to, to represent cover out here. But that's okay. And I'll see you when I get back, hopefully, at spring training. Thank you. Awesome. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this was Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 